Oh, so you went out and got a credit card with your PUA money. Well, guess what? That might be quiet for y'all right now. Let's talk about it. Let's get it. Hey y'all, welcome to the hashtag Get Real Woke Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick D. Scott. I'm a private equity investor, business consultant, philanthropist, author, and contributing writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. I have over 15 years of experience in the finance industry, and I used to own an investment banking and advisory firm. Currently, I hold designations as a financial modeling evaluation analyst, Capital Markets and Securities Analyst, Commercial Banking and Credit Analyst, and I also hold a diploma in Islamic Finance. And today is Hashtag Situation Saturday. This is the time during the week where I come on and I take current events relative to business and finance related topics. I bring them back to the community. I break them down so you can understand them and together we can hashtag make it make sense. And today's topic is an interesting topic, right? So today we're going to talk about the increase in financial reviews for um, credit cards. Now, before we jump into that today, I need everybody to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, leave me a comment at the bottom of this video to let me know what you think. And definitely, if you're on an Android phone, hit the join button. And if you are on an iPhone, definitely hit the link in the description or the link pinned to the comments to join the hashtag RealWoke live chat community so you can be eligible to participate in the hashtag learn to earn cash giveaway where I give away a minimum of $1,000 every month live right here on the hashtag get real woke podcast. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it today. Okay, so if you haven't already, right? And wait, 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 check this out. Before I even get into that, I need to tell y'all something, right? This is really, really important. Yo, today, today is July 31st. Today is the last day of the federal rent moratorium. Today is the last day. Moderate Democrats wasn't trying to have it. Republicans wasn't trying to hear it. There were not enough votes between the House and the Senate to be able to extend rent moratoriums. And as such is the case, as of tomorrow, evictions will begin. Now, if you remember, I told y'all about this, right? I told y'all that this was coming. I told y'all that PUA was ending, stimulus checks were ending. I told you that rent moratoriums were going to end, et cetera, et cetera. And as a result, there was going to be a number of unfortunate circumstances that hit our community. And because of that, there was going to be a massive wave of evictions. Get ready. Here it comes. And because of that, credit card companies, which brings me to the today's topic, 
Credit card companies have foreseen this coming. They had an idea that Congress was not going to extend the rent moratorium, was not going to extend PUA, was not going to extend stimulus checks any further. And so guess what? They have decided that any of their uh, uh, credit card holders, and this is not just credit card companies, this is financial institutions that issue credit cards directly. They are now doing financial reviews. What does that mean, right? So first of all, to back into this, we need to first understand what a 4506T is. What is a 4506T? Because a lot of you are going to be starting to get requests for 4506T if you have not, and if you have not already submitted one. A 4506T is an IRS tax form that you sign that gives the person that you sign it for the authorization to pull your tax returns directly from the IRS. And why would financial institutions be interested in that, right? Well, let me tell you. See, if you file taxes this year, if you file taxes the previous year, right, you got stimulus money, you're getting PUA money, et cetera, et cetera, that's going to be noted on, on, on your tax return due to the fact that, well, based on where your income level is, right, they're going to see that a lot of your income is coming from uh, from from pandemic unemployment assistance, stimulus checks, things of that nature. They're gonna note that because they're gonna be able to calculate the amount of money you've gotten and break it down. See, they know that if you got children, you got a certain amount in stimulus money. If you didn't have children, you got a certain amount in stimulus money. And moreover, they know what the nationwide average was from state to state to state. Uh, on pandemic unemployment assistance, that weekly money that, that some of you guys were getting. So that average was about $482, right? So when they see that, right, they're going to be able to calculate that income, right? And they're going to suspect that you have, uh, that you are a recipient of pandemic unemployment assistance. But that's not even the biggest part. That's not really even the biggest problem, right? The biggest problem is what happens once they suspect that you were a recipient of pandemic unemployment assistance and that was the basis of income and the measure of income that you reported to them to be able to qualify from an income standpoint to get the credit card, right? Once they suspect that, what they can do is request you to give them authorization to contact your financial institution and take a look, a look at your banking transactions and banking history. And what they'll find, of course, if you got pandemic unemployment assistance, is that every week you were getting a deposit into your account, a direct deposit into your bank account from the state agency, the state unemployment agency, which tells them a very important thing. A, you do not have a job or did not have a job or did not have a good paying job at the time that you applied for unemployment benefits. And every week that you continue to recertify for those benefits, you had to recertify to the fact that either A, you were unemployment, unemployed or, or B, underemployed to such a level that you would qualify to still be receiving some sort of pandemic unemployment benefits. Now, so once they discover that, right, now what they'll do is if they realize that 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 the uh that the amount of money that you're receiving right was just solely based on unemployment insurance or a big portion of your weekly money uh or your monthly income was based on uh pandemic unemployment assistance guess what 
they're going to close your credit account because you you represent a financial risk, which means they're gonna, and they have the right to do this. They can unilaterally close your credit card account even if you've been paying your payments on time, if they think that there is some sort of economic event that is going to take place that is going to affect your future earning potential as it relates to your ability to be able to satisfy future credit card payment obligations. And so that being the case, Obviously, if pandemic unemployment assistance is ending and that was a big part of your income, guess what? They know that you're going to be missing that money. And at a later time, we're going to be talking about the five C's of lending, right? And those are collateral character, capital conditions and capacity. And so when you look at when you look at capital, right? What we look at is that you are able to satisfy and make your monthly payment obligations on your credit card, right? So that's a part of capital. But one of the other things that we understand is that when a person is unemployed, they or they lose their job for whatever reason, studies show that they're unemployed between three to six months. So what that means is that the credit card company, the financial institution, right, understands that if you're unemployed or underemployed, it could take you three to six months to find the type of employment necessary to continue to uphold your credit payment obligations. And that being the case, right, they're not willing to take that level of risk when we are forecasting on Wall Street a serious decline uh, in, in, in overall income for, for people, especially people in the African-American communities, because we're going to get hit the hardest. So don't be surprised if your credit card account gets closed, right? Don't be surprised about that. And if you don't comply with signing the documents necessary for them to complete a financial review to their satisfaction and their liking, they're going to close your credit card Anyway, that is reality. That's reality. And I need you guys to understand what's coming because when you really look at this for what it really is, right? So number one, right? And I've talked about this stuff before. So I kind of want to, you know, walk through this again, right? Number one, right? So you've got PUA ending, stimulus checks are not being extended, right? Now you've got the rent moratorium ending, right? Now you had the situation where the banks are starting to, especially the majors, the major financial institutions in the United States are, are either ending in like the case of Wells Fargo, where they're no longer extending personal lines of credit, or B, are tightening up their underwriting guidelines to such a level that would make it extremely uh, difficult for the average person, especially in the African-American community, to be able to successfully secure a personal line of credit. And now they're doing, they're going to be increasing uh, the amount of financial reviews 
that credit card companies are going to be doing and financial institutions that issue credit cards. So now if you had already gotten a credit card, you know, just getting your PUA money and you was like, you know, I'm going to take a piece of my PUA money. I'm going to get my credit together. I'm going to go ahead and get me a credit card and I'm going to go ahead and start building my credit the right way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So you got a credit card because you use the income based on your PUA stimulus money, et cetera, et cetera. What they're basically telling you now is because your income is based on PUA stimulus money, EDD money, if you were a business and got an ED uh, or a, I'm sorry, a, a EIDL loan or a PPP loan, et cetera, et cetera. What they're saying is, well, now that all these programs are over, now that you're not going to have access to those financial resources anymore, we believe that you are too high of a risk for our financial institution, and we're no longer willing to extend you a revolving line of credit. And as that is the case, so now you don't have a job, all your the income assistance that you were getting is gone, right? You can't go out and get a personal line of credit, even though you worked really, really, really hard to, to fix your credit, to qualify for a credit card, and now they're gonna take that away from you too. What I see is, right, a real setup for the African-American community. This is my opinion, right? This is my opinion. I see a real setup here. I feel like the stage is being set for, you know, to create an extreme economic uh, upheaval in the African-American community, right? Now, do I, as a banker, as someone who comes from Wall Street, right, do I think, right, that it is um, good financial risk policy, risk management, and risk procedure to just increase the level of financial reviews and and do more uh, financial due diligence into a person now that all of these programs are ending? Yes, I do think that is necessary. I do think that there should be a re-review of people's financials. However, do I think that just based on that common information that you just go ahead and immediately close a person's credit card that has been making their credit card payments on time month over month over month irrespective of what government assistance money they were using to make those payments? No. What I think is that you should you should evaluate each situation on a case-by-case basis. And I think that if a person is continuing to satisfy their payment obligations on their credit card, then I think you should allow them to continue to maintain that revolving line of credit. To say that because just because all these programs are ending, uh, to then go ahead and eliminate the credit card for people who you realize are no longer going to have access to those financial resources to make a blanket move like that, I think is a bit egregious. I think it's a bit egregious because to be quite honest with you, right, who this is going to affect the most is disenfranchised communities of color, specifically the African-American community. I mean, but when we look at the history of things, this is par for the course. So are we really surprised? Let's just keep it real, right? So, you know, I I think that now if someone starts missing their payments right now, if they're a 30-day late or a 60-day late, I think then it makes sense to just go ahead and close the card, right? But the problem with that is, and I'm going to now explain the other side of it to you from a banking standpoint, the problem is as long as the credit card payments are still being made on that revolving facility, right, you have a debt and the bank has an asset on their balance sheet that they can now package up and leverage for additional borrowing power to be able to lend even more money 
uh, into the areas that they choose to lend on, right? Once a payment, once a, once a revolving facility, once any type of loan, any type of debt goes into default, right? Now, what we call that is a non-performing note. And so you're able, if, it, if it's still, let's say it's in default like 30 days, 60 days, you may still be able to leverage that paper, but the loan to value or the amount of money that you're going to be able to borrow against that paper is a lot less, right? And the more, the longer the default, the less likely it is that you're going to be able to uh, secure any type of borrowing against that, that debt. And so that being the case, right, and this is from a financial institution standpoint. So what, what, what credit card companies and, 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 bank, and, and, and banking institutions, financial institutions are doing is trying to maintain what they call the loan loss ratio. And what is a loan loss ratio, right? So a loan loss ratio is the percentage of loans that are defaulting versus the percentage of loan versus the total amount of loans that have been issued, right? So, you know, banks don't want their loan loss ratios to go too high because that'll put them at financial risk, right? So they're taking what I call a proactive measure, right? To protect their loan loss ratio, protect the capital on their balance sheets and and, and protect their borrowing capability as a financial institution, right? And as someone that has been in the finance industry for over 15 years, as someone who used to own an investment banking and advisory firm, uh, I do understand that position, right? And, you know, logically it makes sense, right? But how you go about doing that is, and how they're going about doing this in such an abrupt way I think is a bit egregious, but that's just my opinion, right? You know, when I look at the devastation coming, especially for the African-American community, and when I see all the lifelines being taken away from the African-American community all at the same time, I, I have a bit of an issue with that me personally, right? Um, I, and so this is why I come on every week and talk to you guys. This is why I give away $1,000 every single month. This is why I am extending uh, relationships and resources to the community. Like, for example, the generator incubator, which I'll talk about a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, in another episode. Um, and I'm going to have a great dynamic guy coming on August 8th from Generator, who's their director of social impact, to talk to you guys more about that. But, um, but, and, and programs like, for example, Northwestern Mutuals uh, Black Founders Accelerator, you know, which are for you know, black owned businesses, you know, they make, you know, generator, Northwestern mutual, you know, uh, bronze Valley accelerator, these types of accelerators are really making a big push into diversity, equity, and inclusion. And they're starting these programs and, and running these programs that are free to apply for. And if you get in and you do well in the program, I mean, they'll invest a hundred thousand dollars into your business. So these are really good resources that are available for the community that a lot of businesses, a lot of black owned businesses in the community don't know about. But this is why I come on every week because I see what's coming, right? And I'm trying my best, you know, using my knowledge, my resources, my capital and my ability to be able to help the community, right? So the community can be benefited. That way they can get the financial assistance, resources, knowledge, and help that they need. And that we're able to make it through what is going to be a very difficult situation uh, ahead. All right. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. I just wanted to come on and have a bit of a conversation. You know what I mean? I wanted to let you know what's coming, what the new thing is now. And, and I want to remind you again and sound the alarm again, guys, 
you know, PUA hasn't ended just yet, but it is going to be ending. Well, in some states, it's already ended because they've opted out early. But from a federal standpoint, PUA is still going. Please, I urge you to save as much money as you possibly can at this point, because it's getting ready to get real serious. It's getting ready to get real ugly. All right. So that's what I had to share with y'all today. Hey, listen, I hope y'all like this content, right? I hope that it was beneficial for you. I hope you learned a couple of things and I hope that you are now better prepared for what's coming, uh, especially if you have a credit card that you got based on, you know, that you applied for and, and the income basis on that was PUA or any other type of government assistance program. You know, I just kind of want to let you know what's going on so you can kind of get ahead of it and start preparing uh, for other ways uh, to secure yourself through this time. All right, guys. So thank you so much again for spending time with me. You know, if you like this content, you know, hey man, I got to deal with the YouTube algorithm just like every other content creator does. So definitely do me a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification. Definitely leave me a comment at the bottom of this video to let me know what you think. And if you haven't already and you're on an Android phone, definitely hit that join button. And if you are on an iPhone, definitely hit the link in the description or the link pinned to the comments so you can join the hashtag Real Woke Live chat community and be eligible to participate in the hashtag Learn to Earn Cash Giveaway, where I am giving away a minimum of $1,000 every single month live right here on the hashtag Get Real Woke Podcast. All right, y'all. So that's all I have for y'all. So until the next hashtag, Situation Saturday. I'm out!